This is the happy hour. You guys want a happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts. To know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for junk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Tuesday. This is the happy hour 93.7 the ticket the ticketfm.com Nick Sainert and Rico who is back from Tampa joins me. Hello Rico. Hello. How's the day? It's great. It's been a long time since I've talked to all of you. Well yeah it's been a long time since you've been on the show that has your name on it. Don't be rude. It's I was been, doing it's important been, It's been a very you were you were and, and huge shout out to you and DP for uh, for for your guys's uh, support and your in your work down there, nice job, guys. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, here here as always, four zero two four six four five six eight five, the Honda Lincoln Hotline and the Starter Heyman Text Line, both open for you guys the entire show today, as well as the Starter Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel nine fifty one. A couple things to go over. Obviously, the big news of yesterday afternoon is Dylan Riola selects the Huskers. Uh, we're not only going to talk Dylan Raiola a, pl- uh, a plenty today. We're also going to talk the rest of Nebraska's recruiting class because guess what? It's tomorrow's signing day. And while all the talk has been transfer portal quarterback, Dylan Raiola, even Julian Fleming to an extent, there's a lot of guys with some intriguing uh, futures and possibilities that's going to probably be signing their name on the dotted line to Nebraska tomorrow. So we'll go up and down that list. Uh, we'll talk a little Husker volleyball as they've had a couple players who have intended or announced their intentions to enter the portal. We knew that was going to happen. Um, didn't take very long as well. No. Uh, the day that they get back from uh, Tampa Bay, they end up entering the portal and making it uh, public. So we'll talk a little Husker volleyball recap Rico's thoughts from, from Tampa and then at 1.30, we'll have Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska joining us as well to talk Husker hoops coming off of that big win against Kansas State. We can also talk uh, the big win and what it, I mean, the, the, the win against Michigan State now looks even better after the Spartans throttled number six Baylor on a neutral site. So that's going to benefit Nebraska in the long run because that win will make Michigan State look better, which makes the win against Michigan State look better for Nebraska. Was uh, it a halftime? Was it 45-17 at halftime? 45-17 at half. So I saw that, and for a second, I was like, are they playing in a bowl game right yeah. now? Like, I was confused. Yeah. I was like, what? what is happening? 45-17. That's not a basketball score you see very often. Well, not not in the first half, uh, especially. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, it's going to be... It's certainly going to be... Um, an exciting continuation of Nebraska men's basketball. Like you look at, uh, Hey, that guy's got a pious sweatshirt on, uh, but no, you look Gross. at the, uh, you look at like what's ahead, right? And it's South Carolina state or North Dakota on Wednesday, then South Carolina state. And it's like, okay, Nebraska 11 and two going into the calendar year. Here Ooh. we go. Uh, by the way, if you have not seen the tournament projections that was released today, they're in the tournament. They're, they're projected as of right now, to be in the NCAA tournament. 
which is exceeding the expectation I think the Nebraska fans had. Is it? I'm not sure uh, being, what I'm being sure. realistic. Yes. Yeah. I was saying, I'm not sure what expectation Nebraska fans had because you had some people saying if they don't make the tournament this year, then Fred needs to be fired. If they yeah. make it to a tournament, possibly the NIT, well, yeah, and they, you know, and they win a couple games in there, maybe not win the whole thing, but win a couple games. Um, you know, that that might save his job. But then there's, like I said, the other people that are like, if he doesn't make the NCAA tournament, he should be fired. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I don't know where the Nebraska basketball fan base lies on what the expectations for this season's basketball team are, were slash can be. Yeah. And that's and that's part of the conversation that probably needs to be had. And there's a lot. There's so much season remaining obviously right you usually play about 30 games in the in the regular season nebraska's made it through 11 so still got a little over half of the season remaining um but nebraska's so far against the competition that they have played looked decent right I, we could be having a, an extremely different conversation if this was a nebraska team in years past specifically maybe even last year to an extent to where they okay. They lose two bad games against, and they look bad in the process against the Blue Jays of Creighton and against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Mm. In previous years, they would have rolled over. I think a lot of people can agree they would have rolled over. You, you would not have had them to have the the fortitude and the confidence to be able to beat Michigan State at home. Number one, number two. On top of that, to go on the road to Kansas State, a fellow pa- Power Five program. Mm-hmm. And do and get a come away with a victory. In previous years, those two games would have been losses. You'd remember that for a bulk of that game uh, against Michigan State, Nebraska trailed. The, the lead changes were back and forth. I think there was like eight or nine lead changes uh, in the in that game against the Spartans throughout the course of the forty million forty minutes. But like you look at the the pieces that they added, right? And it's like Rink Mass has been extremely impactful maybe not even on the offensive uh, scoring side, but in rebounding, right? He's been impactful. Jawan Gary, after he got fully healthy following the shoulder injury last season, has been everything Nebraska fans could have hoped for and everything that this basketball team needed. And all in the process, Casey's not 100% himself. Bryce Williams can do his thing every few nights. Jerron Coleman has been a little shaky but then C.J. Wilcher stepped up. Sam Hoiberg's continued to, to progress. Guy like Jamarcus Lawrence still trying to navigate and learn that, that true point guard position. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of pieces that are trending in the right direction that you hope, hey, by the new calendar year in 2024, these guys are, are, are clicking on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I'll just, it's not realistic to expect this type of play all season for Nebraska. Again, as you said, there are some people who aren't clicking right now but the people that are clicking you would expect at some point for again not for them to come back to earth because it's not like they're playing out of their minds they're just playing really good basketball yep. but you would expect you know there's going to be some some down moments like it's going to yeah. it's going to happen it happens to everybody well and it, but, it's already happened yeah but nebraska right now the way that they're playing on the defensive side that's where it's harder to have a down moment. You because because defense mm-hmm. is all about effort. So as long as you give that effort, which well, outside of maybe the Creighton and the second half against Minnesota, mm-hmm. this team doesn't lack effort. That's something that they can they they have in abundance. So if as long as they can keep playing, and I heard Strick saying it the other day, as long as they can keep playing the the solid defense that they're playing, and yeah. they can just stay 
average shooting wise. It's not like you need to shoot the lights out from three or you need to do all that, but you do need to get better at finishing around the rim. This team, you know, maybe can keep themselves within that NCAA tournament projection. Well, I, I think even I, going going further, something that's been encouraging to see in this in this early season is Rico. You talked about having those down performances. Here's the deal: is not only when Nebraska struggled defensively, you, you remember Nebraska was not up to standard defensively against Duquesne. Fred Hoiberg called him out on it and he said, "Hey, upset. listen, we got a week before Creighton right now. He they before Creighton comes to town." And we need to get our defensive edge back, right? So they come out a, a week later against Sunday on, on a Sunday against against the top ten Blue Jays team. They don't look good defensively. They lacked energy. They lacked effort. And then on top of everything, they shot the bell horrend or shot the ball horrendously. Just they, they were two of twenty two from beyond the arc, and one of those three pointers was from. Um, one of those three pointers was from Rink Mass. Mm-hmm. The other one was from Casey Tomanaga. I mean, at so, the end of the first half, where he just yeah, he, he just kind of forced one you're, up. You're, I mean, you're talking about just some some horrendous play uh, that everything kind of piled up on them that that day, and then they followed it up with uh, what was a good response initially at Minnesota, but then they fall apart. But as we've seen, and the parts that are encouraging here is that hey. They've been able to bounce back, whether it was the first half of Minnesota after the Blue Jays game, whether it was the Michigan State game, even within the the confines of the Michigan State game specifically, Mm -hmm. when they were trailing, when they struggled, when Michigan State would go on a run with that fast-paced transition offense, they still figured out ways to kind of slow down the ball, slow down the pace, play their type of, of basketball game, and they found a way to get the job done eventually. And they started... And, and this is another encouraging piece. How did they pull away from Michigan State? Free throws. Nebraska's been shooting the ball extremely well from the charity stripe this season. Maybe That's something not, you love to they, see. They, they didn't get to the line a whole lot on, Sat- on Sunday against Kansas State. But Nebraska has been putrid from the free throw line in years past. And, and this goes back. This, this predates Fred Hoiberg. This was a Doc Sadler problem. This was a Tim Miles problem. It's just a the, weird Nebraska the, the days, basketball The days issue. of like David Rivers trying to shoot free throws and Andre Almeida trying to shoot free throws. Um, it was not good. And Nebraska lost a lot of games, a lot of conference games specifically because of, of poor free throw shooting. So now you look at this season and you kind of separate it from the rest and say, what are they doing better than maybe they've done in years past? They're playing pretty solid defense. They're out-rebounding opponents. For goodness sakes, they got 57 rebounds as a team on Sunday against Kansas State. That is on not the road. Something, that is not something that you, they, you can they, say about previous. No, Nebraska. They, they struggle they rebounding out, previous Nebraska teams. They out-rebounded Kansas State 57-40 to 40 on Sunday. On Kansas State's home floor, they allowed 12 points in the second half altogether to, the, to, the, to, the, to the Wildcats. So now... Once again, going kind of forward here before we get to break is shooting the ball well from the free throw line. Their offense does need to pick it up a little bit, but they're picking up that effort on the defensive side of the floor. Probably can still get better, according to Fred Hoiberg. Mm-hmm. For, uh, but rebounding has been a spot where Rink Mass, Josiah Alec, who needs to probably get a little bit better. Um, Jawan Gary. How could we not talk about Jawan Gary after Sunday's performance? Jawan Gary is somebody that, not concerned with him. It's concerned with how they're going to use him. And, and it's not, I guess concern might be the, 
I don't know how they're going to use him. Like, do they mm-hmm. move him back to the bench and have him be that spark plug? Do you leave him in the starting rotation? Because, I mean, these last two games, he's shown you exactly what he can give you. Yeah. And it's really good. Um, so do you leave him that starting rotation and have him run with the ones? Or do you put him with the twos where he can kind of, and it, it seems as almost as if he is that dude, regardless of where you're putting him. But if you run him with the twos, he's that dude. He's yeah. going to be the number one option for the twos. But right now with the ones, he's kind of exerting himself as that number one option where, whereas you thought maybe before it might be uh rink mast or, or maybe, you know, end of last season, Jamarcus Lawrence. But right now, Juwan Gary is becoming more of, it seems like the go-to guy yeah. for this team, which is something that we were asking earlier in the season with such a balanced roster and so many guys who are able to score the ball who do you go to in crunch time in moments when you need a bucket? And right now it seems as if Juwan Gary has stepped up and, and taken the reins in, in that aspect. Well, and, and I mean, that's, that's part of it. So part of that on, on that thought process there, we've seen Fred Hoiberg and this is, this goes back to the schedule and, and somewhat having of a, a lighter start can benefit you as a program like Nebraska, where you had new, but experienced faces is that, you can play around with lineups. You can mess around with lineups and it's not going to be uh, in a game against a, a top 20 team most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's much easier to, you know, finagle and finagle with lineups against Stony Brook than it is against Purdue or against uh, Arizona, right? Or even just another power five opponent. So Nebraska had an opportunity to where they were able to kind of mess around with lineups. We're still seeing, at times where uh, Fred Hoiberg is is messing around with lineups. We saw it even in the Creighton game a little bit. And there were times, and there still is times, and there will be times continuing going forward where we sit there as the spectator and say, who are they going to? And with with this group of five guys out there, who are they going to? But I think it also speaks to depth because in that situation, when you have maybe a Sam Hoiberg, a Jerron Coleman, Juwan Gary's not, I mean, obviously Juwan's been more CJ Wilcher could be out there. Mm-hmm. Josiah Alec could be out there. Um, Like if, if that blend of four or five guys goes out there, it's who do you go to? And as long as they pick it up on the defensive side and they rebound, well, you can get through. And I, I say, I specifically say get through, cause that's kind of the mentality you need to have with certain lineups. If you can get through, four, five minutes of game time and either maintain a lead, keep it a close game. And and you do that by upping the intensity on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. You can make up for maybe your lack of offensive, you know, productiveness on, on that side of the floor. So I think there's a lot of things that you, and ways you can look at it. Nebraska still playing around, still playing around with lineups. Uh, There's been a couple, there's been obviously bright spots like Eli Rice is a guy that going forward, I'm excited to ask Steve about him because uh, he's seen his role increase a little bit. Josiah Alec, who was banged up a couple weeks ago, who sat out the Michigan State game. That's a piece we don't even talk about. Josiah Alec was out for the Michigan State game. Matar, jo- uh, Matar Jop came in. Jope, excuse me. He came in, saw an increase in minutes. Nebraska ended up getting the job done. So there's depth that we talked about prior to the season beginning. There's the ability to rebound. There's the ability to play defense and just kind of plug and play guys. And, and, and Nebraska is sitting here nine and two. They have one bad loss against the golden golden Gophers. I think you can, you can, you know, classify that as a bad loss. 
Um, the other one's against the top 10 team in, in Creighton that looks like a Final Four potential. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a bad loss in terms of the score, but it's not a bad loss in terms of who you. Yeah, yeah. You would, of course you would have wished that you know wish it could have been within ten points, but hey, you know. Um, nonetheless, four zero two four six four five six eight five. Magnum PI said this earlier. Nebraska's free throw issues in the past were incredible. Teddy Allen was like a ninety percent career free throw shooter, but he sucked at it the entire time he was here. Magnum PI, you're right. He came in from West Virginia shooting eighty four percent from the free throw line. When he went to New Mexico State after Nebraska, he shot 88% from the free throw line. While at Nebraska, he <laughs> shot 68% of the from the free throw line. You're talking about a 20% difference. Uh remember, I don't I don't even remember how much he played. Well, he did play a decent amount um from a Western Nebraska community college point guard that I can Oh, uh, Jervey Green. Jervey Green shot 90 like 90 some percent while he was out let's, there. Let's take a look. Let's take a look. Jervey Green. Um Oh, I'm not. It doesn't sure have. It doesn't have community college statistics on. Well, sports it, was, it was like ninety. It was yes. like ninety something. I, I remember yeah. that because they were they were just saying. Well, how, he was good from three too. Yeah, and they were like he was, shoot, he was shooting gonna... like forty four percent from yeah. beyond the arc. Well, he was averaging like fifty points a yeah. game. And, and so and so then he comes to Nebraska. Jervey Green. This is who we're talking about. Averages twenty five minutes a contest, and he shoots twenty seven percent from the three. Shoots twenty seven percent from three point range. I mean, you can go up and down the list, right? Um, and I was trying to find just individual statistics and just pull a year here. It's just crazy how um, somebody puts okay, here the, we go. Puts the jersey on, is playing in the in the arena, and forgets how to shoot free throws. So here's the best part. So I just looked up a random year on free throws. Right. Yeah. I clicked t- 2014, 2015. Okay. A team that went 13 and 18. They were five and 13 in the conference, led by Tim Miles in in 2014, 2015. This was a team that had Taran Petaway, Siobhan Shields, Walter Pitts, Pitchford, some good names. Benny Parker, Ty yeah. Webster was on that was a sophomore. Leslie Smith was out here. Um, and that's probably all that David Rivers. How did, how did the team only win? Was on the team, games. but here's the deal. So you look up and down the 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 the, the free throw percentage. I just realized I yeah. stuttered more than ever there. You're fine. Uh the free throw percentage. Taran Petaway, 70%. Walter Pitchford. Forty-seven percent, uh, David. Forty-seven percent for Walter Pitchford. Hey, hey, there was the streak. Goodness there gracious. was the streak though, where as long as Walter Pitchford hit a three to start the game, yeah, they won. Nebraska was fine. They just needed Walter Pitchford to hit a three to start the game. That needed to be Nebraska's first bucket. It was against uh, Wisconsin on No Sit Sunday from the right wing. That's all you Siobhan needed. Shields, I believe, dumped it outside. Walter Pitchford for three. Uh, everybody Florida knew. transferred. Everybody knew Nebraska is going to be just fine. He as hit long the as, bucket. As like, long as Walter Pitchford hit a three to start the game, <laughs> he would hit the three to start the game. Everybody leaves. They're like we yeah, know it's a win. We already know what's going on. Um, but no. So I mean, going back to this though. So Walter Pitchford was forty-seven percent from the free throw line. Uh, David Rivers was sixty percent. Benny Parker was seventy. Ty Webster was seventy-two. Leslie Smith, forty-two. Um. <laughs> Nick Fuller, Nick Fuller shot the best out of everybody. This was when Nick Fuller played, actually Uh, played in 16 games. Nick Fuller shot 83% from the free throw line. Hey, do you want to know something? I decided to look up Trampet. I was going to look for his pro free throw shooting, but he's actually the opposite of this trend. Oh, he shot 46% at Texas Tech his freshman year. He played 26 games. 46% gets to Nebraska from the free throw line from the free throw line. 
His first year at Nebraska, well, he transferred, so he had to sit out a year. But 2013, 14, 81%, 82%. <laughs> and then 14, 15, 71. So he's the opposite. He got to Nebraska and got better. Um, so here's even here's the best part. So in the, in this game or this season, 2017, 2018, this is the team that went 22 and 11 under Tim Miles here. Um, much better free throw. I mean, everybody was in the 70s, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, your team free throw percentage was 72%, which isn't great. It ranked 152nd in the country. <laughs> but Yeesh. I mean, you were 152nd in the country in free throws. And you went 22 and 11. This is a team with James Palmer, Copeland, Glenn Watson. This is a fun team. Uh, James Palmer, Copeland, Glenn Watson, Isaiah Roby, Anton Gill, Evan Taylor, Jordy Shimanga, Tom Allen, Jack McVay, Nana Akenton, Thorir. I love both of those last two that you just said. Doobie OKK. Oh, that's another good one. Uh, by the way, here's a trivia question. I can ask this to you because Sip told me this. Oh. Uh, Sip said this yesterday on the show when I filled in for Jake. Jawan Gary had the most rebound offensive rebounds as a Husker mm -hmm. since who? And he this guy, this guy suited up for the Huskers in 2017-2018. You'll never get it. Tanner Borkhart. Oh, the tooth. Tanner Borkhart was the last Husker to have as many rebounds as Jawan Gary had in a game. Um, Tanner the tooth Borkhart. That's unbelievable. Because he got a tooth knocked out or he had like wisdom tooth surgery yeah. before like a day or two before a game. We we should look this up. Free throw percentage compared from B PBA to the Bob Devaney Sports Center. We'll do that later. Um, we have to go to a break. Heavy D says rims at Pinnacle aren't regulation size. <laughs> oh, that's probably an issue. It works for the opponent. <laughs> so I don't know. All right, let's get to break. One o'clock hour uh, coming up next. We got football to talk about. Dylan Riola, just less than 24 hours <sighs> until the name is on the dotted line. Just make it there, Husker fans. We'll be right back. Happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.